0: Everybody that you meet, you can learn something from them. It's not necessarily what you achieve in life that matters most, but it's who you become in the process of those achievements that really matters.
1: We all need people who believe in us. They expand the boundaries we place on our own lives. What makes me most proud is how I played the game. Being real, authentic, and spontaneous, and loving the game to me is what it was all about.
0: When you retire, You may get a chance to go to football heaven, this is football heaven. Hello and welcome to The Mission, I'm your host Jameer Howerton and today we have a special mission for you. Steve Hutchison and Edrin James came today to their new home in Canton, Ohio, the Pro Football Hall of Fame for their gold jacket orientation. As these two are getting ready for enshrinement, they had an opportunity to go through all the fine details and guess what, they gave me some time for the mission. Here's a listen to both of those interviews. Well we have the honor of being joined by one of the newest members of the 2020 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Mr. Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Hutchinson. Welcome to the mission sir. Thank you, appreciate it.
1: Pro Football Hall of Famer, how does that sound to you now? Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. It sounds better than the last two years when I got a phone call saying I'm not a Pro Football Hall of Famer, but um, you know as we talked earlier it's it made it a little sweeter this year. That, that you know, uh, getting the knock this year, and uh, it's been a great, great few weeks. After um, after getting in, hearing from you know friends, family, uh, everybody, kind of come out, and reached out, and, and it's uh, it's been a it's been a good couple weeks. Looking forward to the next few months. What were those moments like after you you received the knock? Well, to be honest with you, it was it was hectic. You know, we we had a couple minutes to just kind of absorb it as a family. I was fortunate enough to have my my wife and kids in the room, as as many people saw through a video, um, and but then it was hectic. We kind of quick grabbed our coats, went down and um, met the other uh, members of the uh, of the of the class that, that got, just got the knock as well, and then we were on to the honor show. So it was great. I, I knew at the I knew at that moment that I I knew I had to try to capture it and savor it, mm-hmm. but everything was so fast. So like you know I had talked earlier. About having played in a Super Bowl and not really having the wherewithal to 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 enjoy the moment and remember all the little things, and I knew better. I knew don't just let this go. But right. so I remember everything that happened. I remember the steps. I remember the feeling of standing in the loading dock, getting ready to go on the on the shuttle to get to the honor show, and and I didn't want to forget that. And so um, it's it's a little bit of like a dream where you wake up and go, did I remember that right? But but I do remember it. It was it was it was um, it's humbling. If you don't mind
0: sharing, it was beautiful to have your lovely wife and your beautiful kids there. But who was that one person that you had to call afterwards in the midst of all the chaos?
1: Yeah, I think I, I think the only call I made, and and um, you know, even though David said don't let anybody know, but my my parents kind of live in the middle of nowhere in North Georgia and up in the mountains up by uh, North Carolina and. Uh, there's nobody they can. Even if they screamed it out of the back of their their porch, nobody was going to hear them anyway. So I called my parents right off uh, before we, j- you know, ran out of the room to head down the elevator, and I told them I said, "Hey, I said I made it. I can't talk, um, but just so you know, I, I made it." And but um, it screams. Oh yeah, I heard Did my mom. My dad <laughs> answered the phone. He was laughing and and, and saying congratulations, and I heard my mom scream in the background. But uh, that was it. That was the one call I, right. I had to make. You Did know. you have a feeling that this this was your year? You know what I. Something felt different about this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was. I don't know if I was just telling myself to enjoy it a little bit more, right. regardless of what happened. Right. Um, I think I. I think I knew that it was gonna happen. It's just a matter of it. You know, I. I there were th- you know there were three linemen, and every year it kind of seemed like it, you know two years ago there was five of us, right. then none of us got in, and Joe Jacoby lost his eligibility um, to to be a modern era guy, and. Um, and then last year, of course, Kevin. So I knew that the dominoes were starting to fall. Right. And to be honest with you, I had kind of had come to the, to the reservation where if Allen or Tony got in, deserving guys. I, you ca- I cannot be mad right. for those guys getting in. So I think I had a little bit of sense of calm. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, this year, unlike the last two years being in Minnesota and Atlanta in February, it was South Florida and I could walk. So we went out and we just walked the beach, nervous energy was gone. So I think a lot of that nervous energy where I'd normally be bottled up sitting in a room right. all day long and watching the snowfall in Minneapolis, it was, it was a little easier to kind of just burn that energy.
0: I know about that nervous energy because earlier that day, fans that may not know, I was actually covering a bleacher report yeah. with some other Hall of Famers, and I saw you and your wife walking through the streets, and I was like, oh, my God, I was a little nervous. And I and I wanted to make eye contact and say hello, but I saw you yeah. were, we focused. were focused. Yeah, you we were focused.
1: We walked miles on the beach, got tired of the beach, <laughs> and then we decided to walk down... Uh, um, the, the Lincoln Avenue, Lincoln Mall in, in Miami and look window shop for for a few hours and uh, I think that's when you saw us heading <laughs> back towards towards the hotel and um, it was uh, <laughs> it's, you gotta be creative on those days. Those, right. are hard Saturdays. those are hard Saturdays.
0: But you're here in Canton, Ohio yeah. and you're going through the whole orientation what was it like when you drove up and you saw your headshot on the side
1: yeah, of the Yeah that building? was that was that was great you know I did see um, when the, the the hall posted that a few like a week or so or whenever it was on social media but you can't get a, a sense of the, the, the scale the size right. of it right so when you pull up and, and and I wasn't of course I was looking at everything else I look <laughs> and they pull up right there and I look up and I was like wow and like literally it's a billboard when you drive down the road everybody going down the highway can see it and uh, yeah I think that was that's when it hit and then of course, um, as soon as we walk in the front door, the entire staff at the hall here is, is you know, a round of applause and congratulating, and then they all come through and shake your hand. It's, it, 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 it gives you, it just kind of solidifies what you, you already knew. It's a sense of family and just, you know, one big, one big family here. So it's, uh, it was, it was cool. Were you overwhelmed <laughs>
0: just seeing how the way the Pro Football Hall of Fame preserves the history?
1: Yeah, like I said, when I was here a few years ago for Walt's induction, uh, I got a, a glimpse of it. I mm-hmm. didn't get a chance to really delve into it, but but today going through the archives and just seeing the rows and rows and rows of books and uh, magazines and newspaper clippings and, and the fact that there's a 2D archive and then you got the 3D archive and it's just, um, you got all the stuff, you know, and it's 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 great. And, you know, my wife and I were talking earlier, it's like, I've got all the stuff that I'm gonna eventually send here in the next couple of weeks up in a Rubbermaid bin at ad- in our attic. I'm like, right. it does no good up there, you know. I don't right. have I don't have any room to to present it or display it at home. It just I can't wait to get it here so so that my kids and their kids and the kids after that can come and see at any time they want and see the shoulder plaids that I wore and the cleats I wore, or the helmet I wore in the Super Bowl or That's something great. like that. So that's
0: great right. so you're here working out all the fine details but more importantly a lot of people like to know
1: how is the speech coming along speech is coming along well um, I'm not going to give away too many details but um, you know I will say uh, um, you know football is a game of many cliches and sayings and so I think I'm going to be a little bit cliche and saying you know football uh, the speech is going to be broken down like four quarters of my life you know when I started out first quarter as a kid in high school and then Second quarter is thanking all, all the college people. Third quarter will be my professional life, and then my fourth quarter will be my family and and um, kids and everybody that that um, you know I, everything I, I, I stand for today. Um, so it'll it'll be a little cliche that way, but but I think you know you're up there speaking. You got eight minutes or ten minutes, and. Uh, even though the day's about me and the other members of the enshrinement class on that day, really, it's 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 really for a chance for me to stand up, recognize that I'm the one in the jacket, but to thank everybody that that came bef- you know along the way that helped me in my life personally to get me there, um, from my high school coach, my my little league coach, my, to my parents that drove you to practice mm-hmm. in the rain when they had to work two jobs um, in between you know getting getting you there. Um, uh, those are the people you think, because without them, I wouldn't be standing up there uh, on that stage in August and um, that's w- that's really what it's about for me.
0: And you mentioned one of your former uh, teammates,
1: Rob Tomek, Go back, yeah. is going to be your presenter. What was it like when you delivered the news to him? Well I-, I told him a couple years ago, we were talking, I said if I ever make it, and it might have been at Walt's induction, I said if I ever make it, you're going to be my presenter. And I think wow. it was like, hey, yeah, right, whatever, I yeah, <laughs> appreciate it, you know, we're sitting here having a couple of drinks. But, but i told him i said hey and i don't think he could believe it i think he was almost like are you sure like almost like giving me a chance and i'm like i'm like no man i'm like you know i first guy you were my roommate you took me under my wing when we wow. when i got there in seattle and and you didn't have to you know you were he's 10 years older than me he was like i think i could just blow off this young punk he's a first rounder let him figure it out you know right. he's supposed to have the talent let him figure it out and he didn't do that he 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 took me under and he showed me you know how to how to do everything the right way and so I'm grateful for him for that, and um, you know, it's it's. We had a good group in Seattle, and I had a great group of linemen in, in Minnesota as well. And uh, you just you just wished on some, some alternate level of reality I could play my whole career with that line, and the, then my whole career with the other line too. But didn't work that way, and um, you know, I got good good teammates along the way. Who
0: was that one gold jacket that you're dying to meet that you haven't met yet? Oh, geez,
1: I don't know. Um, I, I would ha- I would have to say, and this might be the easy answer, but I'd have to say I've got have got to meet all the linemen. You know, um, found out today I didn't know this that I was uh, I'm one of 46 linemen in the hall. Wow. So and I, I know a lot. Um, you know, unfortunately um, there are a number of them that are passed, but um, I think I would be more happy to say I've met you know the 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 members that are alive today, the family members, the, the the gold jackets, the you know the guys in in the club that are alive today, once I meet them all, I've met a a, a number of them, played against, played with some of them, um, but I I think once I get all the linemen, it'll it'll make that kind of complete.
0: I gotta tell you, me and my colleague, Mr. George Veras, who is our COO, we come from the locker room where he worked in the training department slash equipment department, and I come from the equipment department, and we will argue and say Working with the offensive linemen are the best. Number one, I'm gonna tell you, like, smartest tips, the best. There you go, see? I mean to learn all that. Kevin, I used when I, I worked I'm from New York, so yeah. I worked with the Jets and I had Kevin and Kevin used to take care of me like right. clockwork. Defensive linemen, you gotta like kinda set an example of right. not cleaning their shoes. Yeah. And they're like, hey, what's up? My shoes yeah. aren't clean, but like, man, you ain't paying me this right. week. That's right. But offensive no. linemen yep. always took care of no, us. we
1: always we always took care of the, the equipment guys around Christmas time, you know. Oh, the bonuses man, and, I uh, missed them days. But for us, like, you know, I lived in the equipment room. Um, mm. in Seattle, Minnesota, and even in Tennessee, like a lot of times we would grab our lunches, come downstairs, sit in the equipment room. Um, sometimes it was a way to get, you know, that was a way to get away from the media. <laughs> sometimes that was where we played cards, you know, at lunchtime or on Fridays when it's kind of half days and everybody's leaving the building early. Maybe we sneak in a, a cribbage game or some <laughs> some poker game at the end there, and uh, that was that was kind of the O line hangout. That was our wow. unofficial office, you know. That's great. That's um, great. But uh, but yeah yeah so that was the O line and the equipment kind of go hand in hand. They it do. Doesn't matter what they do. No doesn't man. matter what club you're talking about. It's always the same.
0: Before you get out of here, let's yeah. talk about your your platform right. and being a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Right. What do you want to take this? What level? Because I know you're doing some positive things right now. Yeah. You know, but where do you want this to go?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I'm excited. I don't know. What the answer to that question is? I, you know, the the you, you learn more and more each day about the reach that the gold jacket has and the effect that it it, it can have on people, and the the power it has. And so, um, you know, I've had um, I was fortunate to to have a, a great uh, fundraising uh, um, tournament golf tournament in the past for University of Michigan Children's Hospital. I've worked with University of Minnesota Children's Hospital in the past. Raised a lot of money. Did a lot of things for them. And that's kind of where my passion's been up into this point. I would like to be able to take the power of the Gold Jacket, along with some of the other Gold Jacket members that share that same um, that same passion for for helping kids in need, and and see what we can do with it. Um, you know, it's a blank canvas. I'm 42 years old. I'm fortunate to have gotten into the Hall at the age I did, where I can still have the energy and and the contacts and the relat you know being relative enough where we can take it and see what we can do. And um, I. Of course, um, I would like to see in any capacity how we could use this jacket to help better the lives of of the less fortunate.
0: Well, we can't wait to help out. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Welcome home. Perfect. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Well, as promised, I am now joined by Pro Football Hall of Famer, Edrin James. Welcome to the mission, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Pro Football Hall of Famer, that has a nice ring to it. Has it really, after you've taken time to kind of sit back and processed everything from you receiving the phone call from Mr. David Baker, our CEO president. Has it really registered you that you are now in the Hall of Fame?
2: I think every day is getting better and better. It's starting to sink in and even trips like this. Coming up here, seeing how detailed things are. I think it's kind of putting it all in perspective. So it's just, every day is just growing more and more. You know, and then, and then the response from people and then just looking around. And then when you look at the numbers, the numbers, they kind, of, they kind of put things in perspective. You're like, out of all these people that play, you're one of the few that, that's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
0: You're here today in Canton for your orientation as you're getting ready for enshrinement. Before we dive into those details, as you're driving up, you notice on the side of the building 20 Hall of Famers. What was it like when you first saw your headshot up there?
2: Well, first of all, I saw it on Instagram. First. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I saw it, but but you know, is every year I came here, I have seen it, you know. Right. And for you to see yourself up there, like it's pretty amazing. It was raining, so we couldn't really get no, it's couldn't really getting no good pictures, but you know, that's it, it's 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 one of those things that starting to make it sink in more and more because you know I've seen it, you've seen it over and over, but now you're one of the guys that's up there, and. It's amazing, and it's one of those things that, that you're going to always appreciate. When you take those moments back to after receiving that phone call from Mr. Baker, who was one of
0: those first people that you had called or family member or a neighbor or whoever? Who was that person that you called and like, I- I- I'm in the hall?
2: I like to keep that between me and
0: Yeah, them. okay.
2: okay. That's, <laughs> but that's. the people who I did call, they're special to me, and they mean a lot to me. So those people that got the call, you know, it meant a lot.
0: And when you think back at your career, your illustrious career, who were some of those people that were instrumental in developing Edrin James?
2: Well, I mean, that's a long list, you know, because it's people that you meet along the way. It starts from youth football all the way up till you get to the NFL, even your post NFL career, you know, so it's hard to single out a person because that would be doing everything else a disservice because every step along the way is just you continue to grow, you continue to um, mature as a person. You start looking at football different, you start looking at life different because football has taught, taught me so much more about life. And because of the fact that I was able to play the game, I was able to introduce to certain people from different walks of life. And you, grew, you, you, you gained some, some bonds with them that you probably would, I mean, most of you would never have made, you know. And along the way you started seeing how they do things and how this person do things this person's mistake, and these are things they did to become successful. And for me, try, I've always tried to be a sponge, I've always tried to be receptive to people bringing stuff to me, especially the good stuff, mm-hmm. and I would try to incorporate the good stuff into my life to make things better because you know, I have kids and I have family and I have other people that look up to me that I always want to try to give them the right answer. Now, you've been here in the past for other of your
0: former teammates and colleagues uh, at and you're coming here now for yours, but who is that one Hall of Famer? Now that you're a Hall of Famer and the Ray, and the Ray Nitsky, excuse me luncheon is going to be this luncheon where it's just strictly gold jackets, it's just you guys, but who is that one Hall of Famer that you are dying to meet, that you haven't had a chance to meet yet?
2: Mm, I think I've met a lot of people. I've met pretty much all of them, but um, but but your friends with them, It's like it's like it was even even at the the honors okay. when I went to the honors, you know Marvin Harrison, he was like man, I'm probably more happy than you are because you know like we every day We, we was at practice and we would during special teams. We we had a meeting spot that we would meet for years And we would talk about life and we would talk about things and You know I was here for Marvin's thing and then for you know, just to be right there with Marv, that that right there was that was great. That was awesome to have somebody that you know we spent a lot of time together, and it's like now we're meeting up again. So that's wow. that's that's a special moment.
0: How cool was it when at honors you got a chance to see your old quarterback Paint Manning come in
2: and congratulate you when you received the news? Oh yeah, Peyton, that's my boy, man. Like <laughs> it's it's beyond football with us, you know, because you know we developed that type of relationship over the years and and to know that you have you know I mean how many people can say they have a Peyton Manning in their cor- in their corner you know and you know you have so many teammates but you have you know have one of the best or one of the greatest to ever play but the relationship is bigger than just football. What about Tony Dungey, head coach Tony Dungey did you, oh. you see the phone call from him yet? Because, because we, we um we was all together we had to go up to Dwight Freeney, Dwight Freeney had a ring of honor uh-huh. thing. And Coach Dunger, he was like, hey, this is, this is going to be your year. You know, he was like, wow. this will be the year. So, Oh, this was before? Yeah, you this know. was before. Wow. So that's, wow. You know, he was like, man, I feel it, you know. And he was, and he was like, it's, it's going to happen. So, you know, you start feeling the energy from moments like that. And it just led up to it. And once again, Coach Dungey's right. I know you're here
0: and you're, you're seeing so much of the Hall of Fame and you mentioned the details and things of that nature. But one of the main details that I know everybody wants to know, how's the speech coming?
2: I haven't started yet. Not you know, yet? Nah. <laughs> Everything's laid out the the right way. So, you know, I can give you a short speech or I can give you the max. So we're trying to figure out exactly what we're gonna do. But, you know, I'm never gonna be messy, I'm never gonna miss. So I'll make sure I do my part. And you know, that's the type of teammate I've always been. I'll be somebody that always makes sure they do their part. So speech had to be good. I know you had already mentioned your
0: presenter being Mr. Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. How did he, re- how how was he when he received that news that you called him up and said, hey, I want you to present me?
2: Well, I got the phone call from, from Baker and a few minutes later, Mr. Ursay was calling me. Wow. And so, after he went through to congratulate me, then I, then I let him know and he was pumped and he was yeah. going on and on and I was like, hey, I have a car downstairs that I gotta be going to the honors, you know, but the conversation would have went on and on because, you know, it's like, we, anytime we've got on the phone, it was like we actually had good conversation. It was never no quick, get on there and get off, you know. So that was one of the times I had to actually, you know, kind of cut the conversation short a little bit because it was up on the time constraints to get to the honor show. But he was, he was excited. He, I don't think he expected it, uh-huh. you know. But it was perfect timing.
0: Well, before we let you go, just want to talk to you this one last question about your platform. When you have Pro Football Hall of Famer right next to your
2: name, talk about your platform and what you want to do in this new arena. Well, for me is I want to continue doing what I've been doing, but also on a business level and far as a a mentorship. You know, it's a lot of times now I deal with a lot of youth and. My time is kind of passed, so they don't really understand. A lot of them don't really know much about it because they're in a different era. But things like this kind of bring some relevance to them. They say, oh yeah, this is is somebody that not just actually around us, but this is somebody that's like a big deal. So what he's saying, it has to make sense. And for me, I just wanna always use that platform to make things better. You know, I always try to be an example. You know, I try to, I live the way I live, but I try to do everything you know, the right way is the, depending on what you call it, right. But, you know, I'm always trying, you know, right. always trying to make things better, trying to enjoy life, have fun, but be an example for anybody that's coming up. When they look at me, they can say, hey, you know what, I don't mind being like this person. I don't mind taking some things from this person right here to incorporate into my lifestyle. Well, Adrian, thank you for your time, man, right. and uh, welcome to Ken. All right, thanks for having me. Well, we hope you enjoyed
0: listening to Steve Hutchinson and Edrin James. Welcome home once again, fellas. Tickets are on sale for Enshrinement Week, powered by Johnson Control. Visit profootballhof.com slash tickets for all your Enshrinement information. That's going to do it for me. I'm Jameer Howerton. Thanks for joining us.